BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I think you're a little closer than I he likes it. He likes it. Hello and welcome to a very special Thursday night episode of the West Coast Fanatics. Jake and I are both rocking fan locks today. Um, so today is all about the Packers. We are live from the Green Bay Parker Johns and uh, pretty busy in here actually. But um, today is all about the Packers. We're going to start off. I got a little bit of a few trivia questions to throw out there and then. Um, we're going to do a recap of the Packers' win over the Cardinals. We're going to preview their matchup with the Chiefs. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about Jordan Love. We're going to talk about Matt LaFleur. And during the show, I will be eating cheese curds because they are good. So you can talk for a little bit. Okay. Uh, so with these trivia questions, we got uh, both of our dads here. So I'm interested to see if they know any of these trivia questions. Because growing up, uh, my brother Curtis and I, we saw Curtis think of pies yesterday. It seemed like my dad knew everything. So growing up, you know, that was part of the reason why, you know, I really wanted to do this on my head because I always wanted to have all the answers to everything. So I'm really, really looking forward to the trivia question. Because Tyler didn't send them to me. So I'm yeah, there, yeah, yeah, you might. If, if our dads answer before you answer the trivia question, you might be in trouble. I might be in big trouble, man. May I bring your dad up? <laughs> you could do that. All right. So my first Packers trivia question was, Packers, for the first time in franchise history, had a 300-yard passer, a 200-yard receiver, and a 100-yard rusher in the same game. Who was their opponent in that game? I know they was. The first time they had this? Yeah, it happened this it year. It happened this year. Who did they play against when they did that for the first time? see if people in the comments can beat them with that one, too. Just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Couple weeks ago. Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. All right, there we go. Jake's dad got it first. All right. I was against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm trying to think of the game. I don't know. Look a little bit. We got it. All right. <laughs> Second trivia question. This one, people at home might be able to look it up faster than people here know it. How many <laughs> touchdown passes does Aaron Rodgers have this year? Oh, God. I think I know. Well, I'm going to let them go first. Close. Well, 18, 16. Nope. That's 17. Yeah, split down the middle. Right I knew it. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think I looked that My up. My dad gets 18. Jake's dad gets 16. Split them in the middle at 17. All right, this one, this is a tougher one. This, I'd be impressed if anybody knows this one of them. You have to tell anybody. How many receptions does Devontae Adams need to become number one in Packers history in receptions? Oh, God. I just saw this. 77? Uh, more. Higher. 
God, I just saw this too. Yes, I, I can see it happening next year. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think you can see it happening next year. Take a wild guess, Pops. Donald Driver has 743. Devontae Adams has 500. 145. Devontae Adams has 598. Interesting thing about Devontae Adams, the Kansas City Chiefs are the only team in the league, besides obviously the Packers, that Devontae Adams does not have a reception against. That's interesting. I, I, I that is. Trivia and fun facts. How many games has he played? He hasn't played. I don't think he played against the Chiefs yet. He probably won, I would assume, right? Didn't he oh, play yeah. when we played two years ago? He might have been all close. Was he out of this game? Huh. I, I, I find it hard to believe if he played the game that he didn't have a single reception. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I just remember two things from that game. The Holmes didn't play. Yep. And Rodgers threw that dime to Jamal Williams in the end. So that was crazy. That like racking the That was crazy. Okay. Last trivia question. The Packers won seven straight games after a 30-point loss. How many times has this happened in NFL history? Four times. Well, Less. three times. And the Packers are the fourth. Right. And the Packers are the third. Packers are the third? Packers are the third team. The other two teams that did it? What was like to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, one. Almost like Super Bowl. Really? 1976 Raiders, they won the Super Bowl, and the 1994 49ers, and they won the Super Bowl. I knew it was 90s. That's see what I did here? You see what I did here? What'd you do? I made all the trivia questions based on past quotes on the list of fanatics page. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to jump into into the recap here. Uh, oh, look at that. Michael had it. Three 49ers Raiders. Good job, Mike. Hey, Michael, you're better than me now? Okay. <laughs> Good job, Mike. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into into the recap. I didn't know if he was low. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the Packers offense versus the Cardinals defense, and let's get into the recap. So let's talk about Packers offense versus Cardinals defense. All right, so Packers offense versus Cardinals, Packers offense versus Cardinals defense. Uh, you know, we didn't have any wide receivers, so you knew the game plan was going to be run the ball, run the ball some more. They're going to play that shell defense. They're going to keep everything in front of them. And I, you know, foreshadowing, I expect the same game plan to be happening this next week against the Chiefs. And if you've watched any Chiefs games, that's exactly what they're doing to the Chiefs, too. You know, they're just keeping everything in front of them because they're so big play oriented. And, you know, since MBS has been out, we really don't have a guy to stretch the field. Devontae was the other option with that. A lot of our guys are just underneath kind of guys. Lazard, Cobb, you know, in his his advanced age, I'll say. Uh, Our tight ends, we don't really push them up the field. We did Tanyan on the last play of the year for him, which is really, really sad because he finally got a big, long gain. Uh, But just run the ball, control the clock. That's, That's what they did. Uh, Aaron, A.J. Dillon had a very, very good game. I still, to this day, do not understand why he did not get a goal line touch. I don't understand that. Aaron Jones had a really, really nice goal line carry and pushed pushed uh, Isaiah Simmons into the end zone. The next one he had, he ran into three humans. I don't know about you, but I would like to get your 20 pounds on a guy to try to fall forward. He was averaging five yards a carry. Why not just give him the ball? You made a good point with that, too, that pound for pound, that Aaron Jones might be the strongest running back in the NFL. Dude. And A.J. Dillon has gotten the ball knocked out of his hands a couple times the last couple of games. That's the other part I of the I know. I know. Especially at goal line. But why would, you, why, would, why would you hire a Clydesdale if you're not going to use him, man? Get on the back. He's huge. Once he cleans that up a little bit more, I, I'm sure they will. 
I'm, I'm right I'm now, you got Aaron going. Yeah, I know that too. That's and and Braylon Allen is the same way with that. I know. Remember, remember what I said on the show? I said it might be their bicep are too big. They can't put the ball all the way in there. <laughs> oh, Courtney said the fan locks look good on Jake. Hey, thank you. I'm, I'm thinking about growing up some real ones. <laughs> Not really. So my dad asked. Amari didn't have his coming out party yet. He would be. If we're talking about like players who disappointed, Amari Rodgers would be in mine. I don't know if he would be for you too, but yeah, dude, how did Winfrey, you feel about Amari Rodgers? Winfrey looked like he was taking all his playing time. Amari Rodgers missed one route with Aaron Rodgers, right? He missed that one was, route. He was in the, the wrong place at, at, at one time. I know, but Winfrey was able to make up for it because he's always in the right spot at least. You know what I mean? But in you know the history of Aaron Rodgers. If you're in the wrong spot and he doesn't like you, you get the stare. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're just going to be sitting in the doghouse until he lets you out. <laughs> yeah, you so, get the stare. I mean, Amari Rogers is still a work in progress. I'm still hoping that Randall Cobb can teach him the ins and outs and the timing of things. That's really the biggest thing coming in the NFL is the timing of stuff. I mean, if you ask Justin Field, I'm sure the timing of the NFL, the speed of the NFL, has really sped up for him. Catches up there. He looks terrible. Uh, but Amari Rogers, he'll get his due. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. We'll see if he's a kick returner now. He might be well, the kicker like too. Yeah, I mean, that's something like with a, a scout team. Matt Lafleur talked about that a lot. With the scout team that they take opposing offenses, plays, and such, and they put it into the Packers scouting team into terms that the Packers use, so that you know while Love is you know simulating that he's say the Chiefs offense, for example, that he's running plays the way that the Packers would call them, and that's something that Matt Lafleur talked a lot about with Jordan Love coming into this season during this offseason was that he got better at just asserting his play calling, like literally calling the plays, and then um, being familiar with the playbook and then being you know more assertive in the huddle, which is something that Aaron Jones mentioned about uh, Jordan Love, is that he's more assertive in the huddle and he's more authoritative and he's more comfortable. And yeah, Jordan Love, that's going to be an interesting thing, but um, sticking on the recap, Packers in the first half were inside the five yard line twice. Only got three points. Yeah, that that really that could have cost us, man. And then they they threw, they threw that dumb pass after they called that Jones touchdown back. They threw that stupid pass, and Tyler texted me. And you know, what, do you remember what you said to me? That's one. The, the last fourth down pass. No, where it got batted down. No. Tyler literally said to me, and I was like, oh damn, that's a good point. He said the one time Rodgers doesn't pump fake. Literally, when Rogers runs out, he pump fakes 99% of the time. The one time he doesn't is when it gets batted down. He gives a pump fake, he gets waltz into the end. Yep. Just like the Rams game. Yeah. That's what he did. Exactly. Or Littleton, he threw a pump fake. And he yeah. After, you, after you pump fake, you said that? Talking about that play, how'd they overturn it? I have no I'm idea. Sorry. I have no idea. They never overturned it. Especially if they really, really the saw field. where the ball was. There's that's, no way. That's 99% of the time, that's a play where they look at it and they go and they say the call stands. I said, no matter how it was called. I said the Packers are scoring. I said because it takes all the energy out of you. Yeah, it, it was yeah, just like overtime. in the Washington game when Heineke scored that touchdown and called it back. And he did the Lambo leap. He was in an emotional high. They didn't score after that. You, you can't turn emotion on that fast. No. You've got adrenaline. I mean,. It's, it's different as an emotional standpoint if, if they had not scored the touchdown and then challenged it and didn't get it. Right. As opposed to having it and then having it reversed. Right. I just, I've never seen them overturn a touchdown when they call it on the field. That's yeah, crazy that's, to me, man. Like I said, 99% of the time it's going to yeah. stand. But the refs are on side, remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The refs are on yeah. side. Yeah. So. Packers, yeah. Packers get all the ref help. Yep. Get all and, the uh, Chan and Sullivan gets called for a defensive holding. And, yeah. 
Dude, they're so inconsistent with this. That's really bad. Rasul Douglas got called for a really bad one against Washington. Ask Eric Stokes how he felt about being helped by the officiating in the San Francisco game. Yeah, that's a flag. That's not, yeah, that's pass interference. The guy fell down, so that's <laughs> got to be pass interference. Yeah, he's athletic. He jumps really high and runs fast, and he fell down. So, yep, something definitely happened. 100%. So, one thing that Packers need to clean up, and this is something that you can apply to the Badgers too, is they need to stop hurting themselves. So, the turnovers, the penalties, those have to go away. Literally, the first play of the game, Packers got a penalty. So, they're backed up. They're on first and 18 in their first drive, and they punted. Um, and then the Packers need to be better at capitalizing on turnovers. They got the Rondell Moore punt that was muffed, and they, like I said, the two trips inside the red zone in the first half only came up with three points. Um, as far as A.J. Dillon not getting any carries inside the five, um, you can find him on Twitter. You don't have to go on Twitter and find him, but um, there was a really big, like, eight or nine guys basically lined up, and they're like, okay, the Packers are going to try to run the ball. They don't have any wide receivers, so we can just guard them one-on-one. And Randall Cobb is really the only useful wide receiver in the red zone. I don't know if you agree with me on that. Why didn't they use Tanya more before he got hurt? I just don't understand what happened. He scored all those touchdowns in the red why, zone last why year. Why didn't you use Mercedes Lewis in the red zone? He's probably one of the most shorthanded guys on the team. There's a lot of options. You can use EQ. He's big. Why can't you throw a fade? EQ had one pass that he caught in the red zone. I know, but that, that was, was on that fourth down where he ran that little all route. But yeah. why can't you do that in the, in the end zone? I don't understand. I really thought EQ would have been more involved because he was on the team last year. He actually has some experience with Rodgers. True. So, the only other play call that I really had issues with was, I know I texted you, was a third and five, and they ran a wide receiver screen to Aaron Jones. Nope. So, it's third and five, and you go backwards with the ball. That, to me, was a, a questionable play call. But other than that, I had no complaints about that before I was playing this game. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get too petty, but I saw that there was Packers fans, you know, dogging Matt LaFleur's coaching and dogging Aaron Rodgers' play because he had under 200 yards. Stop, okay? Do you understand the circumstances that we went into this game with? No defensive coordinator, the number of players that we have on IR. I mean, no top three receivers, like, on a short week going out west, and they say going out west is harder than going out east. So, oh, I, yeah, mean, the sh- the short yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I picked the Packers to lose this game, but I'm glad they won. Yeah, it's, it's incredible what they were able to put together. I mean, we have a really, really good coach. The floor still has some things to clean up. He's doing a phenomenal job overall. But Rodgers' game, you know, him being able to control that entire game, I'm going to be honest, is like 90% of the reason that we won the game. The defense made plays, but Aaron Rodgers controlled that entire game on the offensive side, made all the right checks, made all the right throws. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. And, and we'll talk about the run game, too, especially when we get into the preview and how important it is. I'm going to throw a stat out there that applies to six of the past games. Uh, but Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of credit for coming into a short week and having guys ready to play, just to have guys ready to play. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jawan Winfrey and Amari Rodgers, Dominique Gaffney coming up by our having all those guys ready to go in just a matter of a couple of days. Like, Matt LaFleur deserves some credit for that. Um, then the second half, they get the interception on the, the first possession by Arizona, and they went and get a touchdown right away. The second try, they went and get a touchdown. There's four consecutive touchdowns scored in this game between the Packers and the Cardinals. And at the end, they got the turnover on downs. You just you need to get points there. That play, there was people calling for the floor on that one because he went for it on fourth down. But when you're up 27 to 24, being up 30 to 24 doesn't really do you a lot of good. No. Because a touchdown still wins the game for the other team. And you have to make them drive the whole field. 
And you have to make a drive the whole field. That's a good point, too. That's that's what I thought. My, that's why I would have went for I would have went for it on fourth down. Yeah. I don't know if I would have called it pass. Yeah. I don't know if I have enough balls to call it pass, but I would have probably ran it. <laughs> but, I mean, either way, like, that, going for that fourth down is the right call there because you're you're setting yourself up. Like Jake said, you're backing up against the one. They have to go 99 yards to score. A field goal only ties the game, whereas if you kick a field goal, you're up six. A, a touchdown and a field goal wins the game for Arizona. Okay. So they didn't get the touchdown, obviously, but I mean, the, the call is no, no bad thing. And the drive that got them there, even though they didn't come away with points, it took seven minutes and twenty-two seconds off the clock. That's that's, that's a long drive. That's what I'm talking about, Rogers, man. He can he milked that clock. That's on the right long checks, man. drive. He was doing everything. Um, so Rogers was frustrated by some drops. My dad mentioned Winfrey had a drop. Mari Rogers. Had a drop pass and then one where he ran the wrong route. Um, Rogers was expecting him to come off flatter. Rogers took more of a post type route. But um, you want to talk about some stars of this game? Yeah. You want me to start at three? Yeah, start at three. Give me your three, right. two, one. So my three stars. Uh, number three, I have two players. It's the running backs. Like I said, AJ Dillon, he was running tough, five yards carry. He was really grinding out yards, running people over the tree trunk legs. And Aaron Jones, man. He had 15 carries, 59 yards. He lifted a linebacker into the end zone. That was sweet. He's a linebacker defensive end combo kind of guy. And he had seven catches for 51 yards. With <laughs> with Devontae missing last week and now uh, Rodgers missing this week, Aaron Jones is going to get very close to Tyler's reception number, and he might explode oh, and go yeah, way over yeah. there. I keep thinking about that. I wanted to look yeah. that up. That's but, one of my bold predictions I might actually get right. because he, He's going to get it. Devontae Adams is not breaking Randy Moss's touchdown. No, no, no. I thought he would at the beginning. But, no, he's missing a game first, too. But, I mean, now he's just back to 16 games. But. Right. But Aaron Jones is definitely going to break that 65 reception number. Yeah. Thanks for um, bringing that up. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I remember. <laughs> um, my second star is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, like I, I've talked about him a lot. He. Had a great game. He controlled everything. Made the right checks. Called the lines. He, we called all time of possession as a key to the game. Yeah, we so. did. We did. I mean, that was obviously key with missing wide receivers. We can't. We're not going to have a lot of big plays. They weren't going to allow that. So Rogers taking what the defense gives them is something that Mahomes has to learn. You know, Mahomes talks about how he watches Rogers. Well, sometimes he's got to take that check down, and he's not used to that. And he's been in the NFL for this is his fourth year now. He's used to just going deep. Rogers, you know, obviously been in the league for a lot longer. Understands to take those. Little chunks, four yards at a time, methodically march your way down the field, and hopefully you run A.J. Dillon on the goal line. But anyways. I know we're number one. Number one. It's going to be a good transition. So okay. We have the okay. same number one. I knew transition. it. Okay. I knew it. I knew it. So my number three and number two were A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, and oh. for the reasons that Jake mentioned. A.J. Dillon did actually have one more carry than Aaron Jones in this game, but Aaron Jones, those seven receptions, that's huge in a game, like Jake said, when you don't have Devontae Adams and Alan Zarn. For Aaron Jones to get seven receptions out of the backfield, obviously he lined up as a receiver a couple times, but to be to be there and useful in that way is one of the reasons that I say Aaron Jones is the third best dual threat running back in the league after Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if McCaffrey gives you a hurt, you probably move him Jones up to two because he plays every week. Aaron Jones is terrible. All right, so we're gonna move into num- we're gonna move into this because we have same number one. So now I'll go ahead with your number one. <laughs> okay, uh, my number one is Rasul Douglas. Uh, he had the game of his life. You know, he had revenge on his mind. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting released from them. You know, not too many weeks ago, we just picked him up off the practice squad. 
Um, he had nine tackles, all solo. Team leading, team leading nine tackles. Two passes defense, and obviously the interception at the end where A.J. Green was thinking about the game-winning interview or something. I don't know what he was doing, why he was looking. He was, he was blocking for a run play? He was looking the wrong way. Like, I don't have no idea what A.J. Green was doing on that play. But still That's surprising for a veteran, too. It is. A.J. Green's a veteran. Like, I could see Rondale Moore doing something like that. Right. right. But for that to happen to A.J. Green. Obviously, here, something's different. I guess, but like you've been in the NFL how long? Man, you can you know what you can maybe chalk that up to? There were a lot of Packer fans in that game. So I mean if there's noise coming from Packers fans when they're playing defense, I mean we posted it on the page. There were you could hear go pack go chance. Yeah, that was coming from Arizona State. That was awesome. That's okay. crazy. <laughs> Packers always travel well. We have the best fans in the business, man. So one of the one of Jake's keys to the game was limiting big plays, and the Packers did that very well. The guy that I was keeping an eye on was Rondell Moore. Uh, they contained him pretty well, and they really, really did a great job containing Tyler Murray. They, so, had, they had the one big play that I can only think of. It's the, the big play to offense, offense was, it. was it. And everybody was getting on on Stokes, but I'm like, dude, he was a rookie. He just got. I mean, that was He's that's going against the Andre Hopkins. That's Hopkins. Hopkins made him look like he was going to catch the ball. In, in college, you know, in the speed in the NFL, you're not you're going to be like, oh, the ball? Okay, I'm going to look for the ball. And then Hopkins under, understood the speed, that he had the speed to catch up to that ball. Mm-hmm. And maybe because he, he tried to run so fast, so I retweaked the hamstring, so he, he left the game. But yeah, he might not play this game. One of your thoughts could have been the defensive line. The we talk a just, lot about D. Lowry. What you just said about containing Murray. Mm-hmm. I know, we talk about Dean Lowry all the time. We talk about Kenny Clark all the time. Dean Lowry's the man this year, dude. I know how much you love Lancaster. Oh, my God. Yeah, he can so ball I agree with that. We could probably plug anybody in right now. They'd be better than Lancaster. I would, I would, we could put, put Slayton in there. I'd be all right with that. Slayton's actually looked all right in a couple of plays I've seen. He doesn't get on the field too often. But. So, we limited an offense that scores 32 points plus per game to 21 points. And Tyler Murray only had 21 rushing yards. They only had 74 as a team. 74 rushing yards as a team. The Packers still haven't given up a 100-yard rusher so far this year. And that ain't that record ain't going to be broken against the Chiefs. They have zero running have no rushing game. Yep. <laughs> Maybe no. the Vikings game. Their offense is, their offense is Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yep. That's their whole offense. Yep. 100%. So... The sack, there was a sack on the very first play of, of the game, but it was wiped out by a penalty, so the Packers would have finished this game with three sacks, so they finished with two. Um, but they they held for the following three plays, forced a three out. Um, and the second drive was when they gave up that big play. Uh, third drive, another three out. And then the fourth drive, held up again, forced another punt after penalties. Um, and then in the second half, um, Dean Lowry, one of the sacks we were just talking about, forced him into a third and 16 situation. Isaac asked for Island Boy. Oh, don't even do that. <laughs> don't compare us to those two, okay? Huh? I'm going to say it. They look like meth babies, okay? I'm just going to say that. That's what they look like. That's mean. <laughs> There's these freaking YouTube stars, and they're like, I'm Island Boys, and like, they got super famous. Like They're like millionaires now. And they just say the same word in this rap song. Oh my god. Isaac, I'm so mad right now, dude. <laughs> Don't call me an island boy ever again. Uh he's laughing. Uh, <laughs> it's better than island boys. I don't know what that is, so I'm just Don't gonna look it up. I'm gonna ignore that comment, Isaac. I saw it on Instagram. So this is the first drive of Arizona's second half. 
and they're backed up to a third and 16. And this is where I was wondering, and I wanted to ask you, do you think Kyler Murray was feeling some pressure at that point that he forced the ball that got tipped and intercepted? Well, I said it in the in the game chat that Gary needed to get half of that interception because he immediately got in there and forced that pressure. And right away, Kyler Murray was just like, oh, I got to get rid of it. And thank God he's only like four foot two, so he – he tried to like compensate for that, and that's also why there was a face mask on that first sack. Because a regular quarterback, you're hitting him right here, right? Mm-hmm. Sean Gary's just trying to grab jersey, but because he's four foot two, he grabbed face mask. But I think he was feeling pressure. Gary definitely deserves half that. So I think Kyler Murray is feeling two types of pressure in that situation. Not only was he feeling the quarterback pressure, but I think he's also feeling the pressure of that game. When you're the last undefeated team in the league, you're facing a depleted Packers team, and you're down three. I think he's feeling some some pressure on his shoulder and no Hopkins and no Hopkins at that point. So you know you're starting you're down three points at this point. Yeah, but he came he forced himself he, back into that game. Yeah, he didn't ask Cliff the coaches. Said, he said because Cliff was trying to shut him they out. Were keeping, yeah, they were trying to keep him off the but field and he just ran out. So if he misses a game, hurt. yeah, that's that's how you you're trying to win a, a week eight game. Like, come on, dude. You, you got to think about the big picture at that point, man. But so, as a competitor, I'll keep you out. After, after the Packers scored their touchdown, they actually, they actually had good kickoff coverage once. I'm all happy I was to see the Packers have good kickoff coverage. It was pretty weird, wasn't it? It was really weird, but I was happy. So <laughs> then the last drive of the game, like we said, they had to go 99 yards to get to, get to the touchdown. And... The, it was really the tempo. I mean, I don't know if you agree with me on that, but it was the tempo of Arizona's offense in the last drive that, uh, that kept their ball moving because up until that point, um, you know, they really didn't have a whole lot going for us. No, when they went up-tempo, that's really when they got their rhythm. That, that was really the only time. I mean, they only, did it a couple times. That was the only time that the Packers were – their defense was on their heels. Yeah. That was the only time it didn't feel like the Packers were playing downhill. It felt like they were – being pushed back. I think that's where not having our defensive coordinator really, really hurt us because he's going to be able to, like, because he understands the whole defense, right? You have your specialists in each group, and they did a phenomenal job. I'm not saying they did a bad job at all. Holding this Arizona offense down was really, really tough. But um, having your D coordinator on there that can really see things on the field and understand his experience would have really taken over in that situation, I think. So I think that's where we miss Barry. <laughs> Yeah, we have a pie that coming at the end of the show, too, so uh, definitely stay tuned to that. But let's talk about players that impressed you in this game. Oh, God. I don't know if we have enough time. I mean, Throw the, out as many as you want. I mean, Rasul Douglas was Rasul Rasul Douglas, yeah, Rasul I Douglas mean, has to be the one. defensive player of the month in the NFC, Devontae Campbell, he's always impressive. The entire D-line group, how many times we've talked about them. The offensive line holding serve. The I mean, offensive, offensive line, line like, one sack the whole game. They're, they've been amazing since missing Bakhtiari and Jenkins being out, you know, for a couple weeks. He, I hope he plays. I don't think he – he didn't practice again today, did he? You know, I'm I saw a, we'll, yesterday. I'll talk about it. I think yesterday – I saw yesterday he didn't practice. But, Bakhtiari I mean, practiced yesterday. Bakhtiari did. I know he was, yeah. he was getting stretched out. Josh Myers. I mean, we're missing a number of people in the offensive line. So, in football, if you control the line of scrimmage, the D-line, the offensive line – and, you know, the Packers of the past, we always make that championship game, right? What happens when we get there? A more physical team punches us in the mouth, and the Packers kind of lay down because we're, we've always really been a finesse team. We got the pretty Aaron Rodgers throwing the pretty spirals down the field. That doesn't work when you have a championship game. You got to get dirty. Gotta, my dad told me this a long time ago. Back in the Favre days, 
They had, who was their guards back then? Aaron Taylor. Aaron Taylor. Mike Wall, Rivera. But you, I remember Mark Rivera and Mike Wall because I'm mad at him. But anyway. Aaron Taylor, he was he was, but, he was nasty. On the offensive line, they always had somebody that was willing to get dirty and willing to fight. And you need that in your big boys. Willing to get dirty, get that extra push, get in the opponent's heads because some of these guys are mentally weak. So when you get to the NFC Championship game, we're going to need to be the more physical, tougher team. Because what happened with the Buccaneers and the 49ers the last two years? Personally, I think they all physical us. That's how I feel. Especially with their defense. Yeah. All right. So, basically, I mean, everybody that Jake said, the only two I just wanted to add were the running backs. I'm going to throw out a stat when we get into the preview that, that really has impressed me with the running backs. So, um, you want to throw any players that disappointed you in this game? We talked about it a little bit before the show, but I know what I know what you're saying, and like some people are going to say some wide receivers and stuff like that. But to me, for them not being in a live game action, just getting thrown in like that—that's tough, man. I mean, that's that's a really tough. I mean, Amari Rodgers is a rookie too. Yeah, that's it. and Winfrey, he's young. He hasn't had a lot of playing time. That's that's a tough situation to be in, man. To just get thrown into the fire like that. Yeah, so then, for me, the only player that I was really disappointed in was a guy that didn't even play in this game, and that was Jalen Smith. So, I mean, the only reason I have for Jalen Smith to be to be disappointed in him is because we saw what what could be, and we got excited for what could be. You know, we were excited for a third Smith brother, and he's he's got speed. We need that at the inside linebacker position. We haven't had that. We've been missing inside linebackers. Yep. Thankfully, we had Devondre Campbell, who was named NFC Defensive Player of the Month. So we have somebody in the middle, but uh, Chris Barnes has been a little underwhelming, and it's just been kind of a revolving door at that other middle linebacker position. But, I mean... All things considered, and especially when you consider the defense playing without the defensive coordinator in the building, I I was not disappointed in anybody else. No. For maybe a smidge in some of the receivers that have no experience and then had to come in on a short week. Right. Even, even what were you guys saying? I got, I got a question for you guys. Okay. Who was the last all-pro inside linebacker for the Packers? Who was the last all-pro inside not linebacker? Not pro, but all-pro. I forget Ray Nishman. Is it? That's all on it, Ben. Dude, the Packers. Oh my God! So if, like, if I see one more Packers fan say AJ Hawk was good, I'm gonna lose my shit. I swear to God. What? AJ Hawk was good. He was not good. AJ Hawk was not good. People that say AJ Hawk was good would probably also say that Blake Martinez was good. He was the fifth overall pick. He was trash by those standards. I mean, I'm just saying. He made Pro Bowl because he had. 150 tackles. That's exactly the same thing with Blake Martinez. Yeah, it's cool that he makes the tackles, but he should have made them yeah, four right. yards before they know, So, part of it is scheme. Yeah. You need a deep, you need defensive line. Packers are back We have some good linemen now, so it helps the linebackers yeah. make the play a little closer to the line. I mean, that's fair, but. I mean, we have a good line, and Jalen Smith and Chris Barnes aren't doing anything. Right. <laughs> so, who's the other guy we got from Oregon State? He went to Buffalo. Are you talking about State? Yeah, look at this. It's a linebacker. Linebacker? Uh, recently? No, he was right before AD Hawk. Or right after. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Nick Barnett. Nick Barnett. I don't remember him on Buffalo. I don't remember him on I remember, Packers. I remember him on Buffalo. Oh, whenever he'd make a sack, he'd always go like this. Nick Barnett was actually pretty decent. I remember him as a kid. 
Yeah. Well, Nick Barnett would have been my guess, but yeah, going back to Raymond, Nick Barnett was probably a pro. He was a pro. Yeah. And then uh, the other guy, he was. On his way to maybe being an all pro, Desmond Bishop. Bishop. Yeah, he got he had injuries. He was pretty good. That's fair. That's all right. Fair. Ready to move on? Do you have anything else you want to talk about the Cardinals Sorry. game? No. All right. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the Packers' offense versus the Chiefs' defense. We're going to get into this as a collective before we break it down by just, uh, just from Jordan Love. So. Uh, let's talk about the Packers' offense versus Kansas City's defense. Okay, so I keep I feel kind of bad for Kansas City because you know they got Patrick Mahomes and you know they they, they waited a long time. You, you don't get star quarterbacks all the time. Packers fans, we've been looking at back to back, but uh, that defense is just god awful. The Chiefs' defense is terrible. They give up 4.6 yards per rush, which is the second worst in the NFL. And they give up 7.8 yards per pass attempt, which there's only two teams that give up more yards per pass attempt. That is the Jaguars and the Lions. When you're next to them in any <laughs> defensive ranking, any ranking at all, you're bad. The Chiefs overall give up the most yards per play at 6.4 yards per play. The game plan for the Packers, run the ball. They're going to go two, they're going to go shell defense. They're going to keep everything in front of them. People MBS is back this week. And Devontae... You know, got cleared. Is MBS back? Yeah, he got cleared. He got cleared off. Uh, I don't know if he got. He's. Has he been practicing? I don't know if he's been practicing, but he got taken off the IR. I know he's. I knew he's definitely to return, so his and window is open, so he has to be well, back. Lazard Lizard Lizard got. Days. Lizard's definitely been practicing. And Lazard is back for sure. Devontae is back for sure. Yeah, they're planning him playing something. Um, the thing about the Chiefs' defense, so I broke them down by the touchdowns they gave up. I got a little, oh, here we go. All so right. they, they have given up 27 total touchdowns. 16 of those touchdowns are within 10 yards. So you give 27 touchdowns. 27 touchdowns. Yeah, it's crazy. 10 rush, 15 pass, one touchdown was an interception, a pick six, and one was a fumble. I'm still stuck on 27 touchdowns in eight games. It's a lot. That's a wow. The, pack, the Packers is... Besides one game, is actually pretty decent. So the Chiefs in the red zone, right? I wanted to break this down, too. The Chiefs in the red zone, because everybody talks about the Packers red zone defense, and it's been terrible. It's been better the last couple weeks. But the Chiefs, 29 attempts, giving up 21 touchdowns. That's a 72% success rate, which is almost as bad as the Packers. But the Packers need to clean that up still. That's still something I'm, I'm picking on. The Packers, which we're going to talk about the Packers defense real quick, they've given up 23 attempts and 18 touchdowns which is 78%. But like I said, the last couple of weeks, they've really, really gotten better. But yeah, 20, 25, 27 total touchdowns. You want me to tell you the Packers real quick? Okay. So the Packers are giving up 22 touchdowns. They gave up five in week one. So since week one, we've given up 17, which is 10 less than that, which is crazy. Uh, they've given up 14 pass and eight rushing touchdowns. Within the ten, they're not. They, they've given up. Actually, they've given up the same amount of touchdowns on the ten yard line. That's just that speaks to the red zone defense. Yep. So right there, we're, we're pretty even, honestly. The big difference in this game is going to be the turnovers. Patrick Mahomes leads the league in turnovers. I'm yep. sure Tyler's got all the stats for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for me, a couple of the things that I want to mention, in addition to what Jake said. First of all, Jake kind of already mentioned that this is going to be a run-heavy game. And this is where I have my stat that I'm going to throw up. Is the last six games, in four of those six, the Packers have had more than 130 rushing yards. I like that. Four of the last six, like more than 130 rushing yards. I like that. So for people questioning why Aaron Rodgers has lower passing yardage numbers, because the running game, it's been 
I mean, you could you could almost throw out the word dominant. Yeah. And the one-two punch. I mean, can you think of a one-two punch in the NFL that's better than Aaron Jones? I can name one that I think is probably pretty close to the Saints. Put Mark Ingram back there now. He's he's good on the Saints. He's been very good on the Saints, and Alvin Kamara obviously is really good. That's probably the only one I can name off the top of my head. Can you name any running back duels better? Any, yeah. Any? No. He's got nothing. He's stumped. I've never seen this guy stumped on him. <laughs> no, I just don't think there is a better time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe Cleveland, maybe, but they're they're, when they're, right when now. they're healthy. When they're healthy, Cleveland. Yeah, that's why I didn't say that. So, and then the last thing I want to talk about, and I want to get your opinion on this with the offense, is okay. what do you think the Packers do to replace Robert Tunney? Because I saw a lot of people. All right, this is this is my turn now. Yeah, for everybody that <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. no, it's, yeah. it's okay. It's, okay. it's, it's the tight end discussion. So, awesome, if bro. you wanted Evan Ingram, I I have why. We already have a guy on our team that you can put in a category of if they can hold on to the ball, they'll be great. Why would you want another one at the tight end position who can't block? Yeah, he's definitely... He can't block, and he's drop prone. Why would you want to add that to the offense? I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, Dubois, I'm he very happy we didn't trade for Evan Ingram. That would have made me upset. Yeah, I mean, I I understood because you wanted the receiving aspect of it, but I feel like our tight ends are fine. I mean, uh, Curtis is high. No, no. Curtis is high. It's too hard. And he asked about how Jordan Love affects the running game. Uh, we're just going to run it more. Uh, you'll, you'll hear about that in a second. Um, I think it's just going to be tight end by committee. They're going to fit in where they fit in. They'll run Big Dog on those, those rollouts under Guara. I mean, Daphne's been pretty decent. Yeah, I'm excited for Dominique Daphne. I know, I like him too. Um, I mean, we still got a talented tight end group. We just don't have the guy that's the alt, like yeah. all of them in the yeah. one. They all have their specialties. And Daph- Daphne's kind of, he can do kind of a little bit of everything. He's just not super athletic or super yeah. good like yeah. Tanya is. But I think we're going to be fine. We have Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, we have a super experienced guy in Mercedes Lewis too. He's a great locker room guy. He's familiar with Rodgers. Rodgers trusts him. He's tons of experience. He's been in the league, what, 17 years? Long time, for 16 million. Right, dinosaurs are nice. Yeah, dinosaurs are nice. <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about with the offense? I mean, we're going to talk about Jordan Love, but they're going to do a lot of a lot of rhythm throws. I expect a lot of screens, a lot of slants, just stuff to kind of get them going. Um, just kind of hit the ground running a little bit. I mean, well, you literally hit the ground running. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, having Bakhtiari back would be absolutely massive to have a clean pocket. But having a guy like Devante, who, and I hope this doesn't kill Jordan Love because it kills Rodgers in moments where he seems to always be open, is going to be a good thing for him. But I don't want him to lock on to just one guy. I hope that, you know, we call plays. Well, I hope we call plays where other guys are the key receivers so he looks there first. You can always have Devontae as a second option because, he, like I said, he seems to always be open. So... We'll have to we'll have to see what happens, but I expect a lot of money. All right, so let's flip it to their side and let's talk about Packers defense versus the Chiefs offense. I mean, the Chiefs the last couple of years. What, what what have we seen? We seen Tyreek Hill run really really fast, do peace signs to people, and we seen them 
you know, use Kelsey in the middle of the field a lot. He eats up that entire middle of the field. And that's kind of where you get in the tricky situation. But you have Devondre Campbell this year. You have Adrian Amos, who's played a lot better this year, I think. We've really taken away a lot of that middle stuff. So if we can if we can slow down that and keep a cap on the Tyree kills, they don't use Hardman the way that they should. They use my jet sweeps and they could use one screen. He's fast. Why not just run him down the field? You know what I mean? But have a fast down the field guy. I know, but why not have two? Then you, then if you if you shade the coverage over to one side, then you have a one on one with another fast guy. Now now the defense is like, oh man, we can't we can't just shade coverage over here. You have your middle guy. The Chiefs offense should still be going bonkers. That's all I know. Because you have a guy like Mahomes that can make every throw. And he makes a lot of throws, except he throws the ball to both teams. Yeah, he does. He has 12 turnovers this year. He is the number one in turnovers in the NFL. That's more than 24 teams. His 12 turnovers more than 24 teams. Yikes. That's two-thirds in the NFL. <laughs> so this, I texted you this today, that this year's Chiefs team reminds me of last year's Seahawks team. Yeah. A very leaky defense and... Like, through the first six weeks, Russell Wilson looked like a runaway MVP. And then he started turning the ball over, like, four times a game, like, fumbling twice and throwing two picks a game. And now Mahomes went from MVP, Super Bowl, to turning the ball over a ton, and they have a very leaky defense. So the, the encouraging thing for this pack of defense is that Joe Barry is back. Uh, Matt LaFour confirmed that in his press conference today. Uh, we talked about De- uh, Devondre Campbell, who in the month of October – 45 tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, an interception, two forced fumbles, two quarterback pressures, and two passes defensively. Yeah, he's just stuck. What else do you want me to say about the guy? So he's got cool here too. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying it until I can think of a better example or a better one pops up. But I think that's gonna be the free agent signing of the year. Oh, no doubt. Like no, no doubt at all. I mean, if you go from a guy basically signed off a free agency who could end up being a defensive player of the year candidate in the NFC. I mean, he's going to be up against Aaron Donald. But J.J. Watt was having a very good year for the Cardinals, but he always ends up getting he got hurt. hurt. Yeah. <clears throat> Just facts. Sorry. I like so J.J. Watt. This, is, this actually surprised me. This is something that we said would aid a Packers Super Bowl run is if the Packers can have a top 10 defense. Yeah. Packers have the number 7 overall defense right now. I know, dude. Right there. Right That's right weird. There. So, Packers at number seven overall defense. And I said this to you before the show that the Chiefs had a tough time scoring 20 points against the Giants on Monday night. Did you watch that game at all? No. It was. The Giants were playing. I was not watching. It was hard to watch. I'll be honest. I, I don't, I, it was hard to watch that whole game. I fell asleep in the middle of the third quarter, woke up in the fourth quarter. I'll be completely honest with you. But it was, it was tough to watch. The Chiefs don't look, they're not exciting this year. It's kind of like when you watch basketball and the Timberwolves are playing Steph Curry. You turn that game on because Steph Curry's going to shoot like three three pointers, or you're like, that is not from, possible. From this far yeah. behind the three point line. Yeah, and it just shouldn't go in. He turns around. and But Mahomes, he makes throws that you like, you're just like, oh my God, that's crazy. Tyreek Hill's fast. Usually you like watching this offense because they're explosive. I know it's tough to watch. And it's all just because of two high safeties. They're really keeping everything in front of them. And Holmes is really struggling not being able to take those deep shots, man. Really, really struggling. So if we, we keep that in check now. What, what's wrong with the Chiefs? They're all offensive line. Yeah, they they all three offensive line. 
Very young. They went and got Orlando Brown from the Ravens, and it doesn't seem to be helping much. And they got that guy from the Patriots. Funny or whatever. Tooney. Tooney, yeah. Yep. He was one of my free agent targets when we did the free agency. Yeah, show. yeah, they got him, too. Is he still hurt? Well, and their right tackle's hurt right now. He didn't practice. And so is their lead running back, but not like they run the ball anyways. But, <laughs> I mean, their lead running back. They started to run money a little bit more. Yeah, I mean. That was a tough game. So, <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any other defensive notes? Hit Patrick Mahomes. That's it. For me, it's win the turnover battle. So, I have, this is weird. I have a special teams note. Packers, Packers swapped long snappers this week. Yeah, they did. So they got rid of Hunter Bradley, and they brought in – I shouldn't say they brought in, but they elevated from the practice squad Stephen Wordle. And the interesting point about this that I wanted to make is that uh, Stephen Wordle and Corey Bajorquez were both on the Rams um, – in the Rams training camp together. So those two actually have some familiarity. So – Maybe that works out better. Maybe there's not so many low snaps. and uh, it, it, it seemed like the Borges had a bad game. He, he was punting for you know upper 30s, low 40s instead of the, the 50s and 60s that we've seen. So maybe the long snapper helps and he has the familiarity, familiarity with Wordle. So uh, that's my last note on the Packers. So let's do, let's do an X factor and then a score prediction. Okay. So my X factor is going to be pretty obvious. It's going to be Aaron Jones. Uh, he had seven catches last week, the 15 carries. I'm going to look for similar production. And Aaron Jones is one of those guys that in those 15 carries, he can break one that can go 80 yards. So, and he had a really, really good game. I wanted to say this too. He had a really good game last time he played the Chiefs. He had a couple long pass plays. And he had one where he stepped out of bounds. which really sucked. Do you remember that? He, ste- he stepped out of bounds. Like, it was like a 60-yard pass play. He stepped out of bounds like a 13, which really sucked. But he had a really, really good game last time we played against them. I think Devontae was out now that I remember that because we threw a lot to the running backs. I remember I was throwing a lot to Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. But I'm looking for Aaron Jones to, you know, reproduce that same production he had. So, for me... The X Factor is Jordan Love, and it's going to transition into this next part of this. But the Kansas City Chiefs have allowed 27 points or more in six of their last eight games. That's that's a lot of points to give them. So for me, the X Factor is Jordan Love, and that, that moves in perfectly into the next thing that we're going to talk about. So what what do you expect from Jordan Love? I have a lot of things that I want to talk about in different situations and post-game scenarios, but what are you, what are you expecting from Jordan Love? Okay, so dream scenario, would I just love him to go out there and let it rip and just be throwing dimes and throwing deep and going crazy? Yeah, obviously I would. Any fan would love that. But I think they're going to play it safe on the ball again, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of underneath stuff, a lot of, a lot of, moving, a lot of moving the pocket because, you know, we like to do that. We might actually hand off one of the jet sweeps this week because you know every every week we run it about 15 times and we never hand it off, which sucks. But I just I expect them to be safe. Don't take any dumb chances. Tyler said Devontae will be the X factor. I mean, you can't ever go wrong by labeling Devontae as an X factor. But I mean, you can put the ball in his hands and he'll show off his route running with the ball in his hands and break the Eagles. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So there's, there's a lot I want to talk about with Jordan Love. Jake's dad actually brought up some things before the show started, and some of the stuff that I want to get into is because either Jordan Love has a great game and people are saying, okay, why didn't we trade Aaron, Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos? Or he has a bad game and people are like, oh, great, he's a bust. Now what are we going to do if Rodgers leaves after this year? So 
while there's also some you know win-win parts of this of this game starting Jordan Love, there's also a lose-lose situation here. And hopefully you, you watch our show and enjoy our show and what we call cautious optimism as opposed to taking the pessimistic approach right away. And if Jordan Love has a bad game and saying, oh, my God, Jordan Love's a bust after one career start that he wasn't expecting to start until Tuesday. On the road. <laughs> in, in, on the road at Kansas City. Yeah. On basically two days' notice coming into the middle of a year. So he's going to need time before you make any sort of judgment. We said the same thing with Joe Barry. I mean, if people had made assumptions off of Joe Barry after week one, he'd have been fired. He'd have been fired. <laughs> yeah. And there now, were people saying that. Yeah, I know. there were. That's why we don't do the we don't do the knee jerk reaction type stuff, and we don't do the whole really pessimistic reactions. So it's the same thing. If Jordan Love plays well, the thought process there is okay. Now we have somebody ready for when Aaron Rodgers does decide to retire or leave in free agency, like whatever happens with that. We have a guy that we we have groomed to be ready. It doesn't need to be we need to trade Rodgers now because Jordan Love had one good game. So I guess the takeaway is don't overreact in either direction, and you know temper your expectations a bit. Do you want to know what I learned this lesson to not have a knee-jerk reaction? There was a certain person. I was still in high school. Moving at my dad's house, there was a person that came over to watch the Packers and Chargers game. <laughs> this was the year that our defense was absolutely terrible. First drive of the game, the Chargers going out, they march right down the field. Philip Rivers was pretty good that year. The Chargers had a very good offense that year. They march right down the field, they score a touchdown. Right away, the person at the house, I'm not going to name names, said, oh, oh, we lost. The game's over. My dad looks at him, he's like, dude, that was the first drive of the game. Long story short, we ended up winning that game because Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson are amazing. So, relax, settle down. It's going to be one game. And if we lose, don't take it out on your wives, okay? That's all I'm going to say. So, this, this I like is making that joke, sorry. It's, it's a similar situation going into the Arizona game. Like, I don't have any high expectations for the Packers' no. team. I'm not expecting the Packers to go in and win this game by double digits. No, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers um, lost this game. I'm not, spoiler alert, I don't actually think the Packers will lose this game. But it's not, the sky will not fall if the Packers lose. So, oh, I see Jake's score prediction. All right, you throw yours out first. Well, i got to be honest. I'm a a bit of a homer when it comes to the Packers. They have a big, big slice of my heart. The other half is my daughter, so it's Packers and my daughter. That's it. Nobody else. So, I see how I feel. I'm just kidding. (laughs) When I wrote this down... It hurt my soul, but I actually did pick the Chiefs to win 20 to 17. It's gonna be low scoring, a little bit ugly, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Jordan Love has enough magic in his arm to will us to a win. Maybe you'll change your mind on that. I hope so. I hope so. I, dude, I have like a page and a half of notes on Jordan Love. I know. I've seen that. That's <laughs> a lot of notes. I'm so my awesome. score prediction for this game: I have the Packers 27-24, and I I threw out that stat about the Chiefs giving up 27 or more in six of their last eight games for a reason. And this run game, I mean, the run game itself could do this. And then you add in Jordan Love, who was a first-round draft pick, and there's reasons why he was a first-round draft pick. So getting into Jordan Love, I watched today Todd McShay was talking about him with Max Kellerman, and he talked a lot about how he's doing better identifying coverage, identifying safeties are, throwing in rhythm, using his eyes to look safeties off in certain situations, and his timing, footwork, all improved, and he looks he looks good. I'm not gonna I'm not ready to say he looks great or he's ready to be 
you know, the full-time starter in the Packers and trade Rodgers. That's not where I'm at. But coming into that, or coming into this game now, um, what, what Jordan Love does well and what he did a lot well in the preseason games and in the limited action that he had in the Saints game, I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited for this. Jordan Love is great in play action. Yeah. And while we're talking about this, where the Packers are going to be using the run game to set things up a lot, play action could be huge. In this game. Well, 100%. We're going to try to run the ball. I, I do think Love's going to take a deep shot or two. I do think that to Devontae, get a one-on-one with Devontae, but we'll see if he's accurate with it. I Jordan it's... Love made some really, really nice throws in the preseason. Hey, so you still going to do that Saturday morning? Um, then listening to Tom McShay talking about how he's got a big arm. He's a big person. He's 6'3". Six, six, he, he got compared to Mahomes coming out of Utah State. Yes, he did. So it's actually kind of funny that he's playing against that's, Mahomes. His first career start that's, against that's Mahomes. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, he's got a good pocket presence. He's not He's not afraid when the pocket collapses. He's ready to step up into the pocket. So he's a good pocket presence. Um, he takes a calculated approach. To the game, so he's not. I don't think he's going to be turnover prone. I really don't. Like I can see him throwing maybe one interception. He made that bad choice in the Bills game yeah. preseason. Yeah. I mean, that's you know that's something that's you know you talked about with the offensive line, where that's an up here thing and that can be corrected. Yeah. So Jordan Love's physical talent is there, and this is where I'm coming back to the floor on this now. Is if the Packers can go into this with Jordan Love as as the quarterback and win this game, Matt Lafleur who already should be near the top, rocket to the top of where Coach of the Year discussions are going. I haven't seen him on Have you seen him on any no. of the list? No. Mike McCarthy was on the list. He doesn't even call plays for his offense. I was like, Mike McCarthy. Why is Mike bro? McCarthy on the list for, for Coach of the Year? Oh, my God. I was puking myself. Don't do that. I'm this, serious. That offense is not because of Mike McCarthy. That offense is because of Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is their play caller. I'm not going to lie. Dak Prescott's pretty damn good. I mean, yeah, Dak Prescott's good, and they have good receivers and a good running back. But they're kind of loaded everywhere, let's be honest. Their offense is good. Yeah, their offense is good. And Mike McCarthy is not their play caller. They're, they're in the worst division in football. I mean, uh, the Patriots aren't that bad, are they? The Patriots are 500. Yeah, they're not that bad. And they were on the road. The Patriots took them overtime. Yeah, they're not that bad. But that's, that's where they're the only other team I can think So, I mean, who have they really played? That's a good point. Cowboys, who have the Cowboys played? Do I think Dallas is going to do anything in the playoffs? No. No. And I've said this. If we lose this game and Dallas gets number one seed, okay, go ahead. Because Rodgers owns that stadium, too. I hope I hope Dallas meets the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. That will be, be a bloodbath. Blood oh, that would be ugly. <laughs> Actually, the Rams. Is, I kind of hope that happens. That would be fun. The Rams is the one team I don't want to play in the playoffs. Because, you know, when I was watching the Buccaneers a couple times this year, Brady was. Didn't look like last year. He's kind of turned the ball over. He's a little bit slower in his progressions. I mean, that was without Gronk a couple times, and Gronk's his best friend. That's his guy. Yeah, that's you know. his guy. And Antonio Brown is his other guy. He doesn't have him either. Yeah, I know, but I have to rely on Mike Evans. Tom Brady hasn't looked as good to me this year that he did last year. It's just my personal opinion, I guess. Maybe because I hate him. But. <laughs> All right, so Andy Herman actually put out a tweet that's a very valid point, was that Mike White and the Jets beat the Bengals this weekend. Trevor Simeon and the Saints beat the Buccaneers this weekend. Yep. And Cooper Rush and the Cowboys beat the Vikings this weekend. There's no reason to think why Jordan Love and the Packers, who have talent all over their roster and a good defense, can't beat the Chiefs this weekend. 
That's fair. So Andy Herman put that tweet out, and that was a good thing. And, you know, I said it when we, we did the preseason during all the Aaron Rodgers drama, but I believe that the Packers could win this division with Jordan Love as their quarterback. I mean, if the NFC East wasn't in our divisions, freaking God. That's, yeah, that's the point. I mean, the Packers have seven wins, and the rest of the NFC North has six. Shout out Detroit, who had zero, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Detroit is such a mess. They're still biting kneecaps over there. Uh, are they still biting kneecaps? They're, they're probably missing. They have zero wins, but the, the Bears are a mess. They shoot them all off. Fields is not the answer. What the hell's going on in Minnesota, dude? I don't understand. Every year in the off season, it's the same thing. It's the Vikings. Oh, the Vikings this and the Cowboys this and, and Tom Brady. It, it's those three all off season, and then they come to the regular season. The Bears' offensive line is really not good. Bears' well, offensive line. Until we ever, until we ever really address that, no quarterback will be successful there. Uh, Alright, so and the number one receiver is slow. I watched both of LaFleur's press conferences, yesterday's and today's, and he talked about um, Jordan Love improving as a play caller and um, just operating from the playbook. And what I think is going to be with Jordan Love in this game is the Packers are going to run the ball a lot early, often, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then they'll start to work in some, some like slants and screens. So as this game goes on, even quarter by quarter, I expect this is what I'm thinking, is that the playbook will open up as the game goes. So the first quarter, it's going to be on run heavy, and get Jordan Love's speed wick, get the jitters out, and then start getting him some short rhythm throws, or the screens, the slants, stuff like that, build up his confidence, build up his rhythm, his timing, and then as the game goes on, start using that play action. And then maybe that's the later in the game. Like Jake said, they take a couple deep shots. So as this game goes on, I can see the playbook opening up more and more as Jordan Love gets comfortable and gets his, his feet wet and gets the, the jitters out. So that's that's my thought process with Jordan Love in this game. And, um, you know, Matt LaFleur talked about all of the players preparing as starters. And that's, that's a big thing with how all of these guys have stayed ready through all of these injuries. Is all guys preparing as if they're going to be starters? So Matt Lafleur talks a lot about preparation, and he mentioned even last year with all the COVID stuff about the Broncos starting a wide receiver at quarterback last year. So yeah. before, I mean, before they brought in Blake Bortles, like if for any reason Jordan Love or Blake Bortles are unable to play this game, Randall Cobb at quarterback time. I know. Because so like quarterback in college, yeah, right? he's so Matt Lafleur is aware of the fact that their wide receivers used as quarterbacks last year. So I'm I'm thinking that Randall Cobb has at least been probably made aware that if stuff happens, that he's got to be at least ready in just in case. That would be an ugly game to watch if that happens. It would be weird. It'd be an ugly game to watch. That's all I, know. I mean, yeah, it would be better than watching Mario Rodgers. He's left-handed, so that's weirder. Is he Randall Cobb left-handed when he throws? I don't know. I thought he threw one pass. He's left-handed. Yeah, he's left-handed. Oh, both weirdos. Yeah, he's left-handed, yeah. <laughs> hey, my steps on his, <laughs> his left-handed, man. Yes, and that's weird. My mom's left-handed, too, and it's weird. <laughs> my grandma's left-handed. <laughs> I love my grandma. <laughs> I bet it would be weird to watch him with it. It's weird. It would be weird watching her throw football with it. Yeah, it would. would. Actually, her holding a football in general would be pretty awkward. (laughs) All right, so do you have anything you want to talk about left with Jordan Love? No, uh, I trust Matt to put a good game plan together. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL, so run the ball and 
I really – Matt's got some big old balls, so I hope he, he throws a deep pass right away. I think you guys are wrong. I think they're just going to – You think they're going to open it up? But it'd be like Rogers I hope, dude, I hope he just throws a deep one right away. And just, especially, just especially with NBS back and Lazard. Yeah. I mean, Lazard's back. Lazard is back. Yeah, He's back. off the COVID list, so he's going to have Devontae and Lazard for sure. I don't definitely help. All right. So, I mean, the last thing that I wanted to say was Matt LaFleur said it probably 50 times in two press conferences that all the guys are rallying around Jordan Love. So, he's got the support of the team. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be ready to go. So, I'm ready to go, man. I'm excited for Jordan Love, man. <laughs> so, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit, just some injury report stuff. Um, obviously, Rodgers and Kurt Bankert are out. Devontae's in. Lazard is in. Joe Barry's in. Uh, Bakhtiari, Kevin King. Practice on Wednesday. I couldn't find a Bakhtiari practice today, but Kevin King practiced today. He's a full participant. Uh, Jack Heflin did not practice yesterday, but he did practice today. Dean Lowry practiced today. Kingsley Kiki did not practice, so the fact that Jack Heflin is practicing is good news. Uh, Kingsley Kiki is in the concussion protocol. And MVS practiced on Monday, but I couldn't find anything else for the rest of the week. Now, with this injury report, one thing that I want to mention is David Bakhtiari who has returned to practice, but Matt LaFleur said he is intentionally not saying. He knows whether Bakhtiari is going to play or not, but he's not going to say to make Kansas City prepare for both scenarios. So, I think he's playing. This is the game that I wanted him to come back I didn't want him to come back for the Arizona yeah, game on a short week. You get the mini-bye that gives him 10 days to rest up for the next game. So this is the game that I had circled for him to come back. And I think he's going to play, but Matt LaFleur is not going to tell anybody until the final injury report an hour before game time. Watch him not play now because I think he's going to play. He probably won't play now. <laughs> I could see him play a driver too. Yeah. Pull a, pull a Craig Council. We'll wait for one, 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 one pitcher and for one batter in the pool. Sure. Because they're not going to risk injury. That's a good point. So, you know, they may wait and see how the field is, you know, what the weather is there. That's, that's what I'm saying. They're going to wait until the final injury report an hour before game and time. They'll list him as a game time decision. I, I, I think he's, he's, he's a little action. It may not be a whole game. I didn't have a man for it. No, it's okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to do the weather report. Yeah. Because he doesn't the blazer yet. I'm Jake Burgundy. Yeah, Jake. Yeah. All oh right. boy. So yes, you are. <laughs> the last thing that we're going to talk about is the Aaron Rodgers COVID situation. Um, do you want to give your thoughts on it? I have a lot of technical stuff to talk. About. I mean, Rodgers. It's tough. I don't want to like piss anybody off. I guess, but Rodgers has always been kind of his own guy. I mean, he went against his own family for God's sakes. He thinks for himself. He does. He does what he thinks is right for himself, and I support that. Everybody, it's it's his body. He can do whatever he wants to do. But uh, but it's showing me the weather right 67 now. Sixty-seven and sunny. Sixty-seven and sunny on Sunday in Kansas City. Um, but you know, he tried to get this special treatment from his doctor, adding extra antibodies, and seeing if that was okay. And he told the NFL about it. So for anybody that's saying that we should have. Lost, lose draft picks, or Rogers should get fined. The NFL knew about it. He went to them directly. You know, they mulled over That's it for not a couple happening. weeks. And they decided that it wasn't good enough. So, Rogers is his own man. He can do whatever he wants. It's his body. I'm not going to judge him on his decisions. All right. So, Aaron Rodgers, actually, I'm going to talk about Matt LaFleur first. Matt LaFleur said in the football facilities, 
the Packers said he's 100% confident the Packers have followed all of the rules of the NFL setup. He said he has not heard any bad feedback from the NFL on any potential violations of any of the rules. Now, everything that I've seen with Aaron Rodgers, he hasn't violated any rules either. He's still doing the daily testing. He's masked up when he's in close contact with guys, and he didn't break any of the other rules. So I'm watching it. I was reading an article on The Athletic, and one of the writers there highlighted a section of the COVID rules, which is 96 pages long, by the way. COVID rules for the NFL is 96 pages. But one section was highlighted for for unvaccinated players. And the, the situation was you can have a gathering with no more than three or more players outside of the facility. You can be in a bar as long as there's 10 or less or a club with 15 or less and you're wearing a mask. Now, the one thing that I saw a lot was the Halloween party, but the only four players that were there that are for sure known were Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, David Bakhtiari, and Aaron Rodgers. So that's Aaron Rodgers and there's your other three. That's not breaking a rule. Now, I saw a couple people were commenting about he's walking up to get on the plane without a mask on. There's nothing to say that he didn't walk into the plane and then put one on. So there's no, I'm not saying that there's no proof that he didn't break any rules, but there is no proof that he didn't break any rules. So you can't just throw it out there that, oh, he probably didn't wear a mask on the plane, or there could have been more players at the Halloween party, but he, he hasn't broken any rules. So to say that he's going to get suspended or fined or the Packers are going to get fined or find a draft pick, like they didn't break any of the rules. They're still following all the protocols. I heard with the preseason game, since he wasn't dressed, that he, was supposed to have a, yeah, that he was supposed to have a mask on and he didn't wear one in the preseason. Uh, I, I don't know. That, I haven't that, seen anything about the preseason. Everything I've read that. has been about the, the team facilities and outside of the team facilities, basically. So I don't I don't think there's gonna be any fallout from the league on this. I wouldn't expect it either. I mean if they're following the guidelines of he's wearing the mask inside the building. And he's doing the daily yeah. testing, mask when close contact. I mean what more can you do? Besides, besides really just getting the physical shot. That's only that's the last step. And the Packers are over 88% vaccinated on the team, so they're over that. Um, Major League Baseball had a similar thing where if you were over 85% vaccinated, your players didn't have to wear masks in the dugout of the clubhouse. The Packers are over that threshold. So, I mean, the only thing that really comes out of this is that Aaron Rodgers can't play this week and maybe the Seattle game. Matt LaFleur said he, he's going to strictly focus on one game at a time, so there's going to be nothing else that comes out of this situation until after the Kansas City game. So, I mean, that's basically where we're at right now. Yeah. No, there's no need in assuming anything else until we hear more news. Right. And honestly, if this situation, so I want to see if you agree with me on this, is if the Packers win this game and then the following week play Seattle, if Russell Wilson doesn't play that game, do you just pull Aaron Rodgers out because he's eligible to come back the day before? I think, plain and simple, if you win this game, I think you still just hold Aaron Rodgers out. That's really how I feel. Because he's he's not eligible to come back until the 13th, yep. which is Saturday, the day before they play the Seahawks. Yep. And he's Aaron Rodgers, so I'm not doubting him. Right. He could come back in one day, and they could just be like, hey, okay, we ran this check, this he check, can, this check. And Rodgers is just like, okay, I got all that. So I'm yep. super smart. But I think you just run with Jordan Love two weeks in a row. You give Aaron that extra little rest. 
We got our bye coming up after a very physical game against the Rams. That's gonna be a great game to watch. And then uh, we have a bye after that, so you just let Rodgers rest up because it's 37 and these hits hurt a lot. Yeah, and you give him a little break in the middle of the yeah. season, and you you find out what Jordan Love needs to improve on. Yeah. So I'm actually excited for that just to see, you know, if he doesn't play well, what the Packers still get out of that is they find out what Jordan Love needs to improve on by playing an actual game and not just preseason. Okay. What about if we lose? And you find out. Then you want Rodgers to play? You're saying best case scenario if they win. Worst case scenario, I would say, is Jordan Love plays so bad that you feel that you need to start Blake Bortles against Seattle. I, I really no, no, don't I'm see talking that about the for the Seattle game. Nah, he's saying, he's saying if we lose versus the Chiefs, do yeah. we still rush Rodgers back? If he's even, even like say say Jordan Love has like a, a decent game. Right? I, still coming, say, I still say he's not coming not. back from an injury. There's a there's a four game lead in the division. I don't I don't think you need to at seven and two. Yeah, but don't you want to beat him number one? Chief. you know it's one thing losing an AFC game. By losing an NFC game, that makes it even more with the tiebreakers. And- Here goes with this damn logic and shit, man. Golly, man. Ah, that's tough. I don't know. I would I still know. say you, you start Jordan Love. That's probably just the safest yeah, bet. You just give him the first team right. Yeah, probably Jordan Love. Don't rush Aaron Rodgers back. He's still the boss if you ever think. He's the GM. He's an owner. Where are you rushing him from? He's not hurt. I know, but you're having one day. They, they, we also don't know if he has any symptoms, though. That's true. That we don't know. So. Yeah, take that logic, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think of that logic. I got my sidekick, boy. <laughs> I'm the sidekick? No, well, we're both sidekicks. No, you are Robin. All right, I'll be Robin. He has a cooler looking suit, anyways. I don't know. I think one of you is Bert Murray. <laughs> yes. I didn't watch Batman, so. They rock. You know who Batman and Robin are. I do. But I'm I Batman. I don't think Batman's that. I'm Batman. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna do week for Halloween. We're gonna we're do a Batman bonus anymore. episode. We're gonna rank superheroes because I love this discussion. And Batman is nowhere in my top ten. I'm just gonna give a spoiler. Nowhere in the, nowhere in the top ten. Nowhere in the top ten. Wasn't that in your top ten? Dude, he's only a superhero because he's rich. He doesn't even have any powers. Neither does Iron Man. Yeah, but he he's like funny. Wonderful oh, but he's funny. So being funny is a superpower? <laughs> yeah, that's so you and I are superheroes? It's better for the movies, okay? I don't care. <laughs> that's good. I mean, Batman's a, he's a detective. You know, you he's like the world's greatest detective. This is what's happening now. We have, we have transitioned yeah. from Packers. We promised Packers only, and now we're talking about Batman. Oh, I, I want to talk about Bert Ernie. <laughs> You are talking uh, yeah, about we're not Batman. Doing that. We're not doing Burger. You're not doing Burger. I'm sorry. I, I will briefly entertain Batman and Robin, but I will not do Burger. This is why he's getting a pie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Logic? Yeah. And Burger? No, none of that. Now you get pie in the face. That's a bonus episode. That's what he said. You know what we should do? We should do, we should do superheroes, and if they were professional athletes, who they would be. Actually, that's really good. I like that. Future bonus episode, right in itself. All right. Last thing we have to do today. We're going to do superheroes, and if they're professional athletes. Professional athletes, if they were superheroes. But we have one last thing on the agenda tonight. Jake and I are going to get out of the way, and Jake's dad's going to get a pie in the face for 
not guessing correctly, on the hot dog eating contest for Fourth of July weekend. I'm guessing last next year. <laughs> We're gonna play like nice right one. <laughs> that's oh, why. I, that's why I always oh, took the. Oh, he's gonna sit. All right. Two pie bets this week. One for Curtis yesterday. Or two for Curtis yesterday. Yeah, we're getting three. Curtis took two yesterday. Well, yeah, yeah, Jake. How hard are you gonna hit me? All right, here we go. Thank you. How hard is this gonna be? I don't want it tight. It doesn't go over his head. Right. Well, I get to do that. Yeah, awesome. go ahead. <laughs> this is my step Christine. She's a wonderful oh, lady. You only saw her hand there, but she's here. That's all. That's all we, we need the, to see. Over. We got the laptop and the uh, phone out of the way there. All right, here we go. It's moving around here. You ready? Oh, I want oh. more whipped cream on there. He wants more whipped cream. <laughs> He's trying to soften the landing. Logic. <laughs> Oh, it's a pumpkin pie underneath all the way. I'm right, not so. ready for this play. <laughs> all right, here we go, baby. <laughs> yeah, hold the hold the tall tire, Jake. Come oh, on, slide off. You just gotta hit it. Still in the bin. No, 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 no countdown. Go. Go. Hit me, man. That that did the work. Come on. Give it to Jake. Give it to Jake. Oh, oh splash zone. Here's a nose break. Alright, we're gonna let Jake's dad get cleaned up. I uh, I bought pumpkin pie because it had a really good base. Heavy. And I want. I know. <laughs> you can clean it. I want. <laughs> I wanted to do that because you broke my neck last time. It hurt very bad. I still have sleeping problems. <laughs> Alright, thanks everybody for watching, and uh, we had fun. So, thanks everybody for watching. Go Packers. Go Packers.